Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, themfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and save 15% every single time that you log in with Discount code BIGMXRADIO15. That saves you 15% every single time you shop. Go and enjoy the benefits of CBD. I'm currently enjoying it uh, not only with the good morning pills, but also the CBD plus melatonin in the evenings. And after every one of my workouts at F45 Lindenwoods here in Winnipeg, I'm using that cooling cream to help me with the aches and pains that come along with, uh, with working out rigorously at the age of 31. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and welcome to the sixth year of Big MX Radio Podcast. We're into uh, the year 2020. We're excited. We're rolling in. We're, we've done a ton of race reviews in the past. We've done a ton of Supercross previews in the past. None quite like this, where we have two extremely talented and knowledgeable individuals on the other end, uh, basically breaking things down. We're going to be focusing on the 450 class for this particular podcast. It's yet to be seen whether or not we do a preview for the 250 class, but with me on the line, starting out from the East Coast, he's got his own podcast, he's pretty damn good at that, his name is Tyler McAdams, Tyler, how's it going, brother? Hey, Brad, what's up, man, I'm, everything's doing uh, really good over here in the East Coast, uh, just just like you guys up in Winnipeg, it's cold as shit, and uh, we're just pretty much excited for A1 that's coming up this weekend. And we are all counting down the days till spring so we can ride our dirt bikes. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and, and a quick note, how's that ankle of yours or that foot that uh, has been giving you some issues? You know, it, it's actually doing a lot better. I'm back to work. I've been back to work for probably a month now. Nice. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I loaded up on CBD. Um, I took a lot of multivitamins and, and things like that and just exercise, man, just going to the gym. So, we're back in that we're back in action and uh you know, I haven't touched a dirt bike probably since August, but um I think we'll be going down to Florida to get into some uh, sunshine and, and do some riding. There you go, get some of that throttle therapy. Speaking of throttle therapy, we need to roll on to our second guest, a man who's been on many of these podcasts. He is Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows. He looks on the brighter side of just about everything. If I could give you the absolute worst case scenario, this guy will give you a silver lining. He's always smiling at the racetrack. He owns one of the most inclusive and exclusive rider VIP experiences that you can get in the pits, it's the number one way that you you want to go to a supercross race or a motocross race. He hails from Wisconsin, but he's from the East Coast as well. He rides a green bike, no longer rides a, a carbureted uh, piece of shit old Yamaha. His name is David Drakes. I give him a ton of shit, and he's also on the line here with me and Tyler. These intros are getting incredible, dude. I'm like, I feel like a superstar. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I'm amped to be on with uh, David Drake. Really good buddies. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, really amped to uh, do some bench racing. Just getting packed up for A1. It came quicker than I thought, but uh, I'm amped to get into it, man. There's a lot to talk about, and we've been doing this for a little bit, so uh, I'm ready to jump in. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I'm excited to have you guys on the show. Uh, we're gonna go back and forth a little bit. We'll give our opinions on some guys. We're gonna, we're gonna disagree on a few guys. We're gonna agree on a few guys. So let's crack this thing wide open, boys. When last time we were both on, uh, Adam's show about, uh, about two weeks ago, or uh, two months ago, rather, uh, we haven't talked in quite some time. Um, we were, we're talking about, uh, maybe what's to come in Supercross. We have a little bit better idea of what's going on, but, uh, the guy who's shrouded in the most amount of mystery right now is the guy rolling into this championship with the number one plate. We've seen a couple of pictures. We've seen some, uh, some small edits with this, uh, young man, uh, in his fourth year in the 450 class, uh, coming in with all kinds of momentum from last year's Supercross champion. It's gotta be Cooper Webb, the number one on your program, number one in your hearts. But, uh, in all seriousness, we don't really know exactly what we're going to get from Cooper. We kind of have to uh, draft off of what we saw from, uh, from 2019. Um, I'll, I'll turn things over to to Adam here, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler McAdams, uh, Adam, uh, Tyler. On this one, what do you expect from the number one rolling into his fourth year in Supercross, uh, defending a championship? Um, Cooper Webb, go. Well, they always say that it's tougher to defend a title than to actually achieve one, um, but I believe that with the momentum that Cooper was able to carry out through last season uh i believe that he'll be able to mentally and physically be able to handle um this season and what's going to have to happen is that his off season will have to be i think way better than everyone else's off season because what happens is i think a lot of guys let's just say like the the top 10 like maybe from fifth all the way back to 15th depending on who you are as a person the what the, the amount of work that you put in on the off season is what's going to determine how you come out for, uh, you know, A1 or, or like the rest of the season. You know, a lot of guys might actually kind of go, well, I don't know, you know, I've done enough work and, well, I, I put my 220 or my 230-minute motos in and I did the workouts today. You know, I'll just kind of take tomorrow off or something. But what separates them is, you know, if Cooper is sitting here going, I have a title to defend. I know I can beat these guys again. I want another title. He's going to put that extra work in. So, with all the momentum that he gained from last year, I think he's going to come in strong. I don't know. I can't sit here and say he's going to win the first moto, uh, or, you know, Anaheim one. I will be surprised that, you know, if he does win it, I'll be a little bit surprised just because there's a lot of pressure for defending a title. He's never um, done that in the 450 class. Uh, but I, I do expect him to at least get a top five finish just because he's such a power figure uh, in the 450 class this year. And now that Marvin, his teammate, is out for the series, he doesn't have Marvin as a contender. However, he still has Cooper Webb. I mean, uh, sorry, he still has Eli Tomac, um, Emerson Cerullo, who, you know, I, again, I, we'll get into Adam a little bit later. But, um, you know, Zach Osborne, Barsha, um, you know, just to name a few that are going to be pretty much right there at his doorstep the entire time. It's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be a sweep for, for Cooper Webb this year, unless he really puts it all together. I, I completely agree. I think he's got uh, um, some some good things in his corner. He's also got a little bit of the pressure from being a, uh, a 
a returning champion. He's he's certainly done that uh, in a smaller scale, having done that with the 250 West title, uh, which he was uh, successful in defending uh, uh, only a few years ago. Um, the Supercross, though, a uh, Supercross title is a completely different ball of wax. Um, the 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 talent is deeper. He's got it's a long season. All kinds of things can happen. I know you want to put your best foot forward uh, in terms of Supercross um, and uh, and whatever you're doing with like I think you're, you're sounds like you're uh, um, doing something around your your microphone or like, I'm hearing a lot of feedback from your uh, your phone there, Tyler. So just maybe just completely don't move uh, while you're doing this. Uh, but um, all things considered. In my opinion, I think that uh, that Cooper Webb is in a great position to defend that title. But I also think that because of the depth of the field, because of how many people are going to be coming uh, coming guns a blazing, I think this is going to be a very difficult championship for him to, to defend. I think that a lot of guys who uh, like had off years last year are going to be coming with that much more uh, intensity, that much more intent to, uh, to take things away from them. And, and I honestly can't think of a, of a year where we had um, as much top-end talent right at the very cusp, uh, including the likes of Zach Osborne, who will be rolling in uh, with a full bill of health. For all intents and purposes, as far as we know, same thing with uh, with uh, your um, three-time outdoor champion Eli Tomac on his second year on a brand new motorcycle. Um, the Honda guys are, are finally going to be are, are on a motorcycle for four years now. Uh, they're going to be super comfortable on that thing as well. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I think that uh, it's all systems go for an out, absolute all-out drag-out war uh, for this championship, and it's going to be a really tough one for uh, for Cooper to to defend. Now, Dave. I know that you yourself are on 2019 Kawasaki 450, not a whole lot different than the 450 that uh, rolled out for 2020, but the Supercross bike is a little bit different than what uh, what your your average bear uh, gets to throw their leg over. Um, but I know you're like your green guys, and we're going to get to the rookie uh, before uh, before long, but let's talk about uh, your what probably should be at least one-time champ in Supercross at some point. He hasn't been able to get it done, but uh, I think both of us uh, believe that at some point he finally does put all the pieces together. That, of course, is Eli Tomac. Um, why is this his year, and why isn't it his year? Uh, honestly, you said it perfect. I think I think he should at least be you know a one-time champ. I do think this is his year. Uh, and I'll say that because he's on, uh, you touched on it a little bit, he's on a bike that he's familiar with, and the, the Cowie team has massaged this bike over the past season. Um, and I, I think a lot of the the issues that he was that he was having in uh, the previous years and previous seasons, previous races, um, it it all compounded a little bit for him um, by the end of the end of last season, and you know wrapping up the the outdoor title um, like he like he did a few months back. I think he's really honed in on. Uh, a few of those shortcomings and where he can make up uh, some of his uh, issues, whether that be, you know, those one-off races where he makes multiple mistakes in the same position or gets a bad start. I think they really honed in this year on, uh, or this season on what they can uh, increase on or improve on um, to make sure that they get this title. I think he's going to be a lot more on his game, on his toes. Uh, Cooper came in last year and surprised everybody. I mean, from the racers to the industry people to his own team, I'm sure. Uh, I really shocked a lot of people and kind of caught everyone off guard. I don't see Eli being caught off guard like that again by anybody. I do think he has his eye on the prize, and you can only get beat so much on this title um, when you are obviously the fastest racer before you, you know, go on and, and start kicking some ass. So I definitely think Tomei can do it. 
on the flip side of the coin, um, we saw it last year, it could easily be anyone's race. So just like Cooper did, a rider could come up from, you know, the trenches or from the, you know, backseat of the, of the, of the pack and win this whole, whole entire thing. It could be a bag, it could be a Plessinger, it could be an AC. Uh, so, in that regard, I do think that Tomac is a very, very much a mental rider. I think if he can work in his mental game a little bit and be a little bit more bulldogish or headstrong like a uh, Cooper Webb is, I think he's set. If he can't, unless these guys come in, come up and get like little tidbits out of him and get under his skin here and there, then I think we're going to see a, a Tomac that we saw last season where it was just nonstop mistakes, nonstop issues, and uh, you know, not not being able to seal the deal. I think he can do it. I, I, my money's on him, but we'll see. Why? Why wouldn't it be this year? Like maybe you can tackle that, Tyler. Like what? What are some of the things that make uh, Eli Tomac unravel? Is it his slow start to the season that he seems to always have uh, from Anaheim one on? Is it the uh, the fact that when he does get a, a, a lead in the points, he seems to take the foot off the gas a little bit and show up with a little bit of a head-scratching performance? Like, is it the fact that he needs to always be that aggressor to for him to actually uh, perform his best? Because I find um, when Eli Tomac isn't the, uh, the, the, the chaser, um, that uh, he seems to uh, relax a little bit, and that's when uh, these lapses in uh, mental fortitude seem to pop up and uh, he ends up on the ground. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I can't put a you know finger on it, but to me, it seems like what had, you know, just like what Dave was saying, his mental his mental game may be lacking a little bit. And, and the mental thing for me is huge, even just, you know, on an amateur level. But on a pro level, I think he needs to be the aggressor the entire time. If he really wants his title, I mean, this is like his last year really make something happen. I mean, he, he can dominate the outdoor series. We've all seen that. But to take the Supercross title, he really needs to make something happen this year. And that's, I'm talking, coming out swinging A1. Even if he gets a slow start in A1, round number two, three, four, five, he should be dominant. It, he needs to start to take that lead early. Otherwise, like last year, he had, he did have me scratching my head. I'm like, wait a second. You know, he, he's, he was doing great a couple of weeks ago. Now he's crashing out, you know, in two motocros in the same spot. You know, if you remember um, in those whoops, I can't remember what round that was, but he kept crashing. And and I understand that, um, you know, obviously these guys are human. We make mistakes, but uh, when it comes time to win a Supercross title, you have to be almost mistake-free as possible. And, you know, as far as, like, you know, life is, I know maybe maybe there was something underlying that nobody really knew that that was affecting his racing. Um, These guys don't tell anybody anything about like their own personal lives as far yeah. as a, yeah. a positive, you know, as far as negative stuff. So, you know, maybe he said, maybe 2020 is a, is it going to be a really good year for him? Because maybe there's something that, that was there last year that isn't here now. And he can focus 120% on just Supercross. But again, we don't know what his life is like. We don't know Eli Tomei personally. Um, I would love to see him win a title. Uh, he, he's very, very fast. He's very talented on a motorcycle, and I think he's deserving of it. He just needs to make it all happen. 
Absolutely. The pieces of the puzzle are there. I think he needs to put them all in the right order uh, and, and feel confident in that. I think he's maybe one of the most volatile uh, riders to uh, when it comes to uh, setup and, and just being comfortable on the motorcycle. He said that in the past. He said it in interviews. When the, when the bike's not feeling quite right, he doesn't have that uh, 2% or that 1% just say, oh, I'm just going to ride it and and make that happen. I think that's a very underrated skill for a lot of these guys just to go ahead and, okay, it's not at uh, it's not at 100%, but I'm still going to get the most out of what I can right now. And I think that's one of the things that basically was a, a, a complete X factor for guys like Ricky Carmichael, guys like James Stewart, who later on in their careers or maybe after their careers go back and look at like how bad certain motorcycles were and then see that they were still able to rise above the the competition on, in their opinion, a motorcycle that oh, that was almost wasn't uh, capable of it. Uh, so that's really uh, uh, kind of a uh, an eye opener, and I think maybe that's one of the things that holds back Eli the most. Um, but uh, I think this this very well could be his year. A, a clean bill of health. Uh, tons of time on that on that motorcycle. Uh, he's got uh, um, a, a very capable stablemate, somebody who's he's going to push him a little bit. This is the first time that Eli Tomac has had a teammate in the 450 class that has ever has even been able to like even hold, hold a candle to him. I know last year um, Joey Savacci had some flashes, but for all intents and purposes, uh, wasn't really a threat to to Eli uh, when they were both on their game. I think that uh, when Eli Tomac and Adam Cianciarolo are are firing all cylinders, it's literally 1A, 1B. You could probably split those guys like an atom. And uh, it's it's going to be that close uh, on certain nights. And I think that's what's going to push Eli Tomac to, to that next level uh, and, and do something super, super special. Um, but uh, like, who are we missing as far as uh, championship contenders here, guys? We've talked about uh, Cooper Webb. He's uh, he's your defending champion last year. You know he's he's going to be coming back uh, and wants to do it again. Uh, Eli Tomac, uh, for all intents and purposes, should have a Supercross title under his belt already. He does not, and uh, he's going to have to seriously do some work to get there. Uh, and of course, you have the 2018 champ. Uh, in, in Jason Anderson, we didn't really get to see a whole lot from him last year before uh, hurting his arm. And then uh, you've got the, the I think probably the, the biggest wild card within the top five, which is, uh, which is Ken Roxon, who won, uh, he won one of the first two races, or he ran both of the first two races of, uh, of 2017 before hurting his arms. And then uh, 2018 comes back, hurts his other arm, terrible injury. Uh, and then 2019, uh, illnesses and basically it's sort of a rebuilding, uh, uh, time for him, uh, having to deal with that. So there was, there's been a lot of adversity that Ken Roxon has, has dealt with in the past. He seems to be dealing with a full bill of health as far as, uh, what, what he's coming in with preparation. He seems to be in great spirits. You know, he's been putting in some time on that Honda and that's a great motorcycle. Like I mentioned, the fourth year that they've been dealing with, they've been basically developing a, a race package for Supercross on the, on the CR450. And uh, I, I think that uh, that he's in a great position to do some special things. Uh, Dave, I know you're a big fan of the German. He's uh, a guy that we can look out for, for I think, for sure, for some Supercross wins this year. His first win since 2017, in my opinion. I think he's definitely going to get that. Uh, what do you expect from the 94 rolling into 2020? I'm really thinking that this is Roxon's year. I mean, we saw some flashes of brilliance from him last year that had all signs going towards Roxon being the red plate holder for a very long time. 
Uh, it was very unclear about some of those ailments that were keeping him kind of behind the eight ball, um, you know, whether it was, uh, um, you know, physical, whether it was, it was the bike, um, whatever, whatever it was, um, something seemed to kind of keep him at bay a little bit. And I think he should have that figured out. He's one of the more uh, mentally sound riders and one of the most talented riders he's ever had in the sport. So he's got two good things going for him. Uh, I think he could turn around this year. I really hope that he gets, uh, you know, some really good strong finishes for the first uh, maybe two or three rounds. And I hope that confidence carries on throughout the rest of the season because uh, a confident, you know, motocross rider or supercross rider, uh, any one of these guys in the top five, that is extremely potent, whether that's Cooper Webb, Tomac, uh, you know, AC, uh, Dino, any one of these guys. Once they get confidence underneath them, they are lethal. So I think the same goes for Roxton. I think he's got a really good shot at making this, this happen in 2020 uh, and really making a name for himself is, you know, solidifying him as one of the best riders because right now where he's not really in a station for uh, you know top top rider to take this whole thing we're looking at Cooper Webb AC and, and uh, Tomac so I think I think he can throw his hat in the ring and I'm excited to see what he can do for this season you can definitely uh, for sure um, expect him to win a handful of races I'm, I'm thinking more so maybe like some triple crowns where he's got the shorter sprints on him um, but don't count him out for some serious tough ones like a Daytona or something like that I think I think Roxon could very well quench a title and I think we we would all love to see it. I think so too. I know Tyler, uh, you've you've expected big things from uh, from Ken Roxon in the past. We've seen championship rides from this guy outdoors, um, and, and we've seen some really impressive uh, uh, seasons uh, on the 450 as well uh, in in Supercross. Um, if if Ken Roxon is has a full bill of health. And is able to ride to his potential, at least as far as uh, what he's able to, what he's capable of now with the arm the way it is. I think that I think we'll, I don't think we'll ever actually see what was to come of that 2017 uh, Ken Roxon, just with the, the his physical abilities. Like I don't think that like the the top end potential of that rider is the same top end potential of the one that we see today based on age based on uh injury but like on on his best days i think in my opinion that uh ken roxon could easily be the best the the most stiffest competition to eli tomac for this championship uh am i completely like am i way out to lunch or am i uh closer to hitting the nail on the head what do you think no, I, I don't think you're at to lunch, but I, I don't I don't know if I see Ken Roxon as being a title contender this year. I don't. I mean, I want to see that, but uh, you know, coming off of what last year looked like, and okay, let's just say he's he is clear and his health is clear this year, which we don't really know. I mean, he, he hasn't really told anybody that he's kind of figured out what what the deal was, but I definitely see him being a top three podium finisher or even a top five finisher throughout the year. Um, inconsistent, but I think again, if his health stays the same and, and he's healthy throughout the year, I do think that he can do well. Um, you know, Cooper, like Eli Tomac is definitely going to have to sweat Ken Roxon. He's going to have to sweat Cooper Webb. Um, both of those guys, let's just say, all three of those guys are extremely talented riders with a you know a mental capacity to do what they need to do to get a title. They're all very smart guys are all very mentally strong and they're all very fit um but i just don't know if ken roxon can come through and get a title and if he proves me wrong i hope he does i mean I, that guy is more deserving of a title than anybody i mean you go back two or three years four years he had terrible injuries and you know he he, he came back 
a lot of people, normal people, not normal people, but, you know, if I had something like that happen, good chance I would have lost my arm or my, or, you know, my wrist or something. You know what I mean, I wouldn't be racing dirt bikes. No. This guy has defied all the odds and has said, no, I'm not done. I'm still here to prove something. So I think he's more deserving of a title than anybody else. Um, and I hope he gets it, but it's, it's tough to say that, yes, he will, you know, be a title contender this year based on his performance last year. So reason, reason I say that is because I'm excited to see what a one brings. Um, I, this is probably the, one of the most exciting years I've, I've been, oh, I've been the most excited this year for a one, just because of all of the stuff that happened last year. And then everything coming into this year, there's going to be, I mean, there's such a stacked field. You, you know, the top 10 is absolutely stacked. You can even go top 15. Um, a lot of guys are just going to have to be on top of their game, and they're going to have to bring um, everything they got. And, and it comes down to who worked the hardest offseason, I think. For sure. And for that reason, I think that uh, this that motorcycle really does give Ken Roxon a leg up on the competition with just that much time uh, developing it. with, uh, And he's got one of the best test riders in the paddock as a teammate, uh, like a, an elder statesman. He probably would like, he, he'd be pissed for me to hear him say that. But uh, with Justin Brayton as a teammate to... Uh, to Ken Roxon, I think that's just another feather in his cap as far as what makes uh, that, that team go. I think that it's going to be an awesome year as far as the two of them kind of feeding off of each other. Uh, you got, you got um, Brayton is sort of like the the voice of reason, who's probably like top end speed, and then just his his ability on two wheels is honestly, as far as your secondary rider, very tough to match. Maybe only matched by uh, um, the young hotshot in Adam C. and Cerullo. Um, so I think that's another thing that helps um, Ken develop that motorcycle and move forward and, and challenge for wins. Uh, the health part, portion of the things, that's the big X factor, whether or not you think that he's going to be able to hold on and be successful late in these races, especially as the season progresses into the long uh, months and the, and the dog days of winter here. Um, but I, I expect big things. Honestly, uh, it's time as far as uh, if, if he's fully healthy from the arms uh, and, and everything's all systems go, then uh, he should be the can of old and, uh, and be a serious thorn in the side of both Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac for the championship. Um, but but who else can can be a, a, a real factor when it comes to uh, to race wins? Are we talking about Blake Baggett? Are we talking about uh, Justin uh, Justin Barsha? Jason Anderson is only two years removed from uh, from a championship in his own right, and then you've also got uh, a, a, a sophomore performance coming down the pipe from uh, from Zach Osborne, who you know he's got a side set on uh, on doing some serious things in the 450 class because his window is closing. He's probably one of the oldest guys in the class, uh, aside from uh, from maybe the 2-2 that we'll get to in a short bit. But uh, um, at, like Tyler, when it when it comes to uh, discussing guys like Justin Brayton, guys like uh, Blake Baggett, Justin Barsha, Jason Anderson, like, uh, these guys are sort of like, they're, they're leading riders in their own right. They're, they're top flight professionals. They've won races in the past, uh, 12 months. Um, but we don't always talk about them as championship contenders, uh, because of consistency, sometimes because of starts, sometimes because of fitness. But I ask you this, where, in what order do you put those types of guys, whether it be, uh, your, 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 uh, Barsha's of the world, your Brayton's of the world, uh, Anderson, um, Osborne, like what, 
what's our, like, who are some of the guys that was kind of the best of the rest in your opinion? Mm, well, it's kind of tough. That's why we I, ask you. I, right. And you give me the tough <laughs> questions and I'll try to handle them the best here, but so I'll I give the easy Jack ones Austin. to, 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 uh, um, to Dave because he, he doesn't know how to think so well. <laughs> Whatever. So, Whatever. So, so Zach Osborne is coming into this season with a with already one year uh, under his belt as far as being into the uh, 450 class. So we all know rookie years are usually not uh, spectacular. It takes somebody a little bit of time to get used to it. Um, you know, 17 or whatever, 19 rounds is a lot of races to do versus, you know, East and West series. So Zach Osborne, I, I think if he puts them together, you know, I, I have to put him and Barsha together uh, as far as, like, you know, potential candidates to be in the top five contention for, like, a, a title. Um, it would surprise the hell out of me to see Barsha win a title, but I do see Barsha getting podium finishes. Um, I believe this is his last year for a contract. Yes, sir. So, so I mean, it, dude, it's 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 all in or nothing, and we know he can go fast. He's just going to ride his balls off. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Justin Barsha completely go uh, ballistic and and ride as hard as he can every single race. Now, that all kind of depends on how he you know worked out throughout the off season and what he's been riding and. Maybe they don't touch their bikes so much to keep it stock. I've been hearing a little bit about that, where some of these bikes, guys take all these race parts and throw them on, and the bikes feel like crap. Um, some of these bikes coming out of the factory are fantastic. Um, you know, talking about the Yamaha. I'm Blue Crew. I love Yamahas. Yes, sir. You can ride that bike. You can ride that bike stock and, and be just fine. Um, to have the conception that, like, you have to throw all these different factory parts on it to make it better, you really don't. And sometimes that kind of hinders the riders, and they're looking around, scratching their heads. Why am I feeling uncomfortable on the bike? Uh, which can all, you know, obviously hinder someone the performance of a cross race. Um, you know, Zach Osborne, I think he he's got the experience now. So I think if he can put everything together, just like you said before, we have there's a ton of puzzle pieces. If you can put that together and have a, a, a solid program and a solid attitude about everything, I think he could be a contender as well. And that's what makes this whole, you know, entry list such a, a confusing list to look at because so many people could potentially uh, be a contender for a title and, and not even just a contender for a title, but a consistent top five rider. And even the top 10 is so stacked that, like, we can sit here and throw names out and, and some facts, but really we don't know until the first date drop. And then we start to get kind of an idea of who's really here to play. Now, I know the nerves and everything get to people uh, for A1 because it's such a big race. Everyone hasn't had a uh, date drop for a while. However, somebody that I would actually keep an eye on is Martin Davalos. You didn't mention him. Right. But he did He did really well at Geneva Supercross. He did? Um, he did. He's on a KTM this year. And I'm going to say it, home life. Him and Barsha both got a great home life and they seem to be having a lot more fun racing motorcycles right now. So Fair enough. I think, I think when you can have a lot more fun racing a motorcycle, you can kind of, you know, maybe take some of that pressure off that you'd normally have before where you, you know, 
everything has to be perfect. But, you know, now you realize that it, it doesn't have to be perfect and your mental capacity is a little bit better. Um, you're more positive about certain things. I think a lot of that can come, you know, a lot of like the home life type stuff does uh, become transparent as far as like transferring over to the motocross side of things or, or on a motorcycle. I know from personal experience that it definitely helps, but I'm not a professional, so no, I'm yeah. not speaking anymore on that. Professional podcaster, uh, amateur motocross racer, but certainly faster than both me and uh, Dave Drake's on two wheels. We don't need to have a race to figure that out. Um, <laughs> Dave, there are a ton of talented riders in this field, and we're going to get one more in, in February when Brock Tickle comes into the fray. Um, but it, it, like when it comes to... Uh, the the 450 class um like there like there's just a logjam uh, you look at the list and you could literally i could give you a random list of 10 guys that i'm going to say you'd be in the in the top 10 and you'd be like absolutely and then i'll hit you with four other guys you're like how do you leave blank 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 and blank out of the top 10 and you're just sitting there scratching your head but the reality is someone's got to get 14th somebody has to be pushed out of that top 10 and, and like cause you like, we're literally going to talk maybe about 15 guys that she in the top 10 and that means that there's going to be at least five guys that leave pretty pissed about how their um their anaheim one goes and they're bringing pretty pissed about how the whole season goes to be completely honest uh and that like that guy's like uh malcolm stewart who the guy has speed to lead laps he'll be the tough fastest in qualifying at some point during the year uh whether it be in one practice session or uh, in a time qualifying or maybe even win some uh, some heat races the guy still ha- doesn't have a top five finish in the 450 class for supercross we're talking about a former uh champion in the 250 class 250 east they call it one easy for a reason um but uh like when it comes to uh, to who you're really looking forward to to seeing and taking a step forward in 2020, is it like uh, Tyler uh, Tyler mentioned in in Davalos? Is it uh, Stewart? I know you're a huge fan of the huge the Stewart family, so maybe you're leaning that way. Um, or do we see a guy like Zach Osborne go from being a uh, a, a sixth to fourth place guy to all of a sudden uh, challenging for wins? Or is it we see a back back uh, a bounce back performance from a guy like Aaron Plessinger, who after a butt ugly uh, 450 debut season, a rookie season that just left everyone with their head scratching after a pretty gnarly crash um, at uh, Daytona. But even prior to that, it wasn't pretty. Um, what are you sort what, what are you expecting to see from uh, from some of those guys that uh, sort of need to take a step forward in 2020? I'm going to agree with Tyler. I think Davalos is going have a really good year and uh, <laughs> shocking people. When you're riding good, you're riding good, man. True. Um, you know, watching him in, uh, watching him practice and his race overseas, he looks like he's adapting to like, KTM faster than I've seen anyone adapt to their, to their new bike and new team. So not only is he changing his, you know, going from uh, 250 to 450, he's changing colors of bikes. Um, he's going to a, an outfit that's relatively – um, relatively new. I mean, uh, Team Tedder hasn't had this much KTM support or KTM period um, for more than a year or so. So uh, it's definitely a big, a big change in form. But he looks like he's right at home on that bike. And we all know a comfortable Supercross rider is a very successful Supercross rider. So I expect him to really turn some heads and for him to uh, fit himself in like that top 
seven, top eight, maybe even top five uh, on occasion. Um, I also think, like you touched on, I think Zach Osborne is going to shock some people. I give that guy one good race where he's on a podium um, or lead some laps, and that's it. His confidence is just going to take off, and he's going to be a threat every single weekend. Mark my words, um, I think Osborne is going to be absolutely lethal. People forget just the great season he had, his last year in the 250s. Oh, yeah, dominant. So. He's absolutely dominant, and he can carry that on. If you if you listen to uh, you know some vlogs here or there, uh, he gives all these guys you know what they can handle in practice between at, at the Baker Psyche between sessions. So uh, I wouldn't count him out amongst people like uh, like Cooper um, or Jason Anderson. Um, I also do think someone to keep your your, your eye on um, is going to be um, someone like a Plessinger. So you mentioned that he's going to have uh, – he had a bad season last year, horrific crash. We've seen a lot of the greats have a, that same year and turn things around. So I'm looking at like a Villapoto or um, if I dare even say it like the GOAT, like an RC. All those guys had a pretty gnarly first season and were able to turn it around um, following success on the life bike. So – um, there's nothing to say that Pressinger can't do the same thing. He's got the talent, he's got the bike, he's got the support. Uh, he can make this thing happen, and I think he's really going to uh, going to turn some heads this year and, and show people that he he deserves his ride uh, and that he's uh, he's one of the best guys out there. Um, for sure, keep keep an eye on some of the privateers like Tyler Bowers. I know he's. Uh, He's getting up there in age, but, man, he loves that Kawasaki. That's just from talking to him. Um, he, he looks super good in practice, and I think he's, uh, he's going to have a rejuvenated program and start feeling good in that thing. And, um, you, you know, you can't count out Justin Barsha either. Whether he can stay consistent, that's tough to say. Uh, but I think Barsha is really going um, to turn some heads and, uh, and make a name for himself this year as, uh, as someone that we can talk about, at least having the conversation of, you know, who might win a race weekend or um, who might have a good triple crown event or something like that. So um, you, 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 you nailed it, man. There's, there's so many racers that could easily just be a light switch and all of a sudden pop in the top five or top seven or top eight and, and be that person that we're talking about like we did Cooper Webb. So um, I'm excited for this season. This is stacked. I mean, I'm looking at the list. It's just, it's tough to even say it because so many guys are so talented and have the, the possibility of being in there, man. It's, it's real, it's a real head scratcher at this point. Seriously. Like there are a ton of guys. Like you're going to see a, a, a guy, like you're going to see, uh, the Adam Knaps of the world, the, the Austin Pulitelli's of the world, guys with national numbers, um, are, are going to be on the outside looking in. And it's cool to see, uh, Cade Clayson back on the list of entries for, uh, for, for A1, uh, just, uh, AJ Catanzaro, just to name a few. Uh, you got, uh, Van Man, uh, Van Martin, uh, racing for Team All South on a KTM for the first time. We've seen, he was a Honda Houston guy for, uh, uh, about forever and four days. He's going to be changing, uh, uh, plastics a little bit. We'll see, see what we expect from him. But what we're talking about with a lot of these guys, um, is a, 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 a range of outcomes that's very broad. And I think the, basically what, what makes um, these sort of intermediate or, or these secondary guys successful is when they have a, uh, a high floor and a high ceiling. Guys that can get inside that top four, top five, like a Justin Brayton, who their floor is actually not very low whatsoever. They're, like their their worst night, like Justin Brayton's worst night, is probably a thirteenth or a four or, or a twelfth, uh, based on if whether or not he gets like if he gets through the first corner clean and, and doesn't have to isn't have to pick himself up. I think the worst uh, that Justin Brayton does is like a thirteenth. Whereas 
uh, like a guy like Justin Hill, who arguably has the talent pool and the, the talent as beck and call to, to maybe be well within, uh, the top, uh, the top five, uh, of a, Supercross main event. He totally has the skills to do that, but I think that his fitness holds him back, and I think that his racecraft holds him back from being able to move forward, and that's why I think that sometimes when Justin uh, comes through the first corner, he comes through the first corner in fifth, and and somehow make, find his way back to about 15th spot uh, based on fitness and just the way he's, he's able to move through the pack a lot of the times. If he's not feeling it, just the guy seems to go backwards, and I think that's where that, that those wide ranges of outcomes really start to hurt guys over the course of a, of a championship season because uh, it's those bad nights that really t- tend to, uh, to tend to derail things moving forward whereas you have guys like Vince Freeze who uh, or Vince Freezy rather from the Moto Concepts team who has been extremely consistent he's put the his bike where it needs to be when it needs to be there time and time again yeah he sometimes gets in the way we've seen him uh, take a few blows from uh, guys like Weston Pike uh, but for the most part uh, in the last little while he's been steady Eddie he's been that guy who who really makes uh, the some special moves happen. He's good at starts, uh, and you know he's going to be there for a lot of those uh, those triple crown rounds. So uh, I actually expect uh, some really good things from Vince. I think maybe his uh, sort of his stock has risen about as high as it is is going to. But the fact that he's basically like a, a perennial eleventh place guy that like kind of ten eleven uh, sometimes bouncing into the top ten every once in a while just speaks volumes in the fact that. When you can just talk about uh, six OEMs with the number one guy, and then KTM has a second team with a number one team, so you've got fourteen, or you have at least seven athletes that are on the very cusp of that, and then you have a secondary team that involves uh, a guy like Vince, who arguably would be the second or third uh, featured rider on his team. Uh, the fact that he's still considered somewhere in that, like the, the cusp of the top ten guys, uh, I think is sort of a feather in his cap, and he's he's going to be uh, kind of champing at the bit to prove that to be. Be the case against the likes of the Kyle Cunningham's of the world, the uh, Jimmy Dakotas of the world. There's, like I said, we've got a shit ton of talent rolling in to Anaheim One Boys, and I can't wait to jump all over this stuff. Um, moving forward, some maybe some predictions for uh, for Anaheim One, and I think maybe we, we maybe we reevaluate and re-racking things uh, rather than doing like a full championship prediction uh, as we sit right here. Of course, we could throw those down if we if we so choose. But um, like, what do you guys expect coming into Anaheim One with all this talent, all this hype? Uh, you know that the whoever wins Anaheim One has to has, have to have ice in his veins because all all the pressure and what comes with the first round of the year and all the buzz and the uh, the media. Uh, obligations and the the practice scenarios and this that and the other thing you go up for practice you thought the bike was going to feel awesome it doesn't you your 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 brain's exploding in your head trying to figure out what's going to go where and how you're going to make it through the night uh who's going to be most successful uh dave tell me who's going to be on your podium for the 450 class here at anaheim one in only just a few days that's going to be a tough one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call out Eli Tomac. I think uh, he's going to be the top step of the podium. Finally, I after six years. <laughs> Seriously, it's been, it's been uh, yeah, I think, six years, five, six years. After a long while. Um, I don't think he'll be faster than qualifying. I think that honor will go to someone um, like a Barsha or uh, Malcolm Stewart. I think he's got to be easy. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, – I definitely think he'll be there, um, top of top of the podium. I'm gonna I'm gonna also call out uh, gonna call out Mr. Jason Anderson for your second place. Wow! I cool. really like his outdoor season. 
Um, I think he's he's got a lot to prove following the the nation's um, round and how much time he's putting on the bike. Uh, I think he is looking to um, to to really showcase himself again. And, and, you know, he kind of fell from a lot of people's minds just being off the bike for a little while after the accident last year. So um, I think he's, he's ready to come back, and, and I think he's going to kill it. He does really well in the West Coast rounds. Um, he knows how to work his way through a pack if he gets a bad start. I like his chances. And I'm also going to call out uh, AC for your uh, third tip on the podium. I think he's going to do great. Um, he's a little accident-prone when he gets nerves. And nothing's more nerve-wracking than your, you know, 450 debut at Anaheim 1 uh, when you're, you know, when you've just won the MEC. So uh, I think AC's going to get the third. Um, and uh, I think it's going to help him. I mean, a successful season for, for AC would be a consistent round of podiums um, as well as maybe a few wins here or there. So, uh, yeah, that's my top three. Uh, I'm excited for it, and I think it's going to be a banger, man. Watch out for those heat races because we're going uh, to have our jaws on the floor. I can guarantee you that. Oh, yeah, some of these heat races are going to look like main events. Now, Tyler, um, I want you to give me a podium here, and I want to, I want you to tell me why each guy uh, is going to be where they're going to be. Uh, I think there's a lot that goes into this. I think there's a lot of a sort of uh, uh, speculation that can go on as to where uh, how things will play out. But uh, who's your podium? Who, who do you think is going to be most successful on one of them, maybe the biggest night in the series and maybe the biggest night in motocross all year long? Oh, not an easy one, but if I had to pick a top, uh, you know, a top three podium, with the number one spot, I'm going to say Webb. Okay. The reason being okay. is, is the momentum he carries from last year. He was an absolute bull. His mental strength the whole year was like, I'm the guy. Screw you. Uh, you know, you can't come anywhere near me. <clears throat> I know he didn't win every single race. But he still has this mentality of, I'm the best and I can beat these guys no matter what. Um, even at last year, they're like, oh, what do you think about motocross? He's like, who cares? Who cares? He's like, I, I just won the Supercross title. I'm yeah, not really I'm good. About motocross. So, like, that kind of mentality all throughout the offseason of him going, okay, next, you know, January 1st, 2020, that's when we, you know, that's the whole new year. We're going to start, we're, you know, January 4th is the race, obviously. I'm sure he's thinking, you know, Probably very similar to how he was when he won the title. So that's why I pick him as number one. He's going to come in hot. He's going to take the win. I'm going to say Tomac for number two. The reason being, Tomac needs to make something happen this year. He's super quiet. He doesn't post anything on Instagram, which is probably better for him anyways. Let him kind of focus in on what he wants. He's on a good bike. The bike didn't change a whole lot from last year. However, there's a couple subtle changes. Um, tons of time to test. He's obviously in shape. There's no question about him being in shape. If he can keep his mental game strong and he doesn't falter on his, on his own mindset, he could totally become a title contender this year. So he's number two. Third is, is difficult because there's a lot of guys I'd like to see on the, uh, the podium, but I'm going to have to go with, let's just say, Jason Anderson. Um, I think having him be, sit, be sitting you know, on the sidelines for a while and not having much of a performance uh, before, I think he's going to have something to prove here. He's always been very fast. He's always, um, you know, you know, a couple of years ago he did win a title, so he's very capable of being on the podium. He, I, I think he's going to be able to do really well this year. Um, some people think that he's just kind of like, oh, whatever, I'm just having fun. But when it comes down to it, when you're getting paid, nobody's having fun to just. You know, nobody's going to the race to just have fun and do 
however they do. They no. don't want to win. They, they never have. They don't want to win a Supercross title. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, nobody's like, oh, I'm just kind of goofing around like it's a big game. No, not really. I mean, you, you, you can't think like that if you want to be a winner. Uh, he won a title before, and, and I doubt he thought like that. People are kind of coming out saying, oh, you know, he doesn't seem to really – he's just kind of, you know, having fun and doesn't really seem to take it seriously. He doesn't have to show you his whole life on Instagram, you know? No. Like, Instagram is not life. Instagram is not the end-all, be-all of how these guys perform. So, um, yeah, Webb, Tomac, Anderson. Webb, Tomac, and Anderson. couple of uh... – Kind of a couple of KTM's up there. One of them being a white machine and uh, and one green one. Um, honestly, uh, the one guy we haven't talked about enough or or too much of, and he's going to be on my podium for uh, for the weekend. Is uh, I'm going to go in reverse order in the back half of my podium or back third of my podium. I'm going to put Adam Cerullo. I think he's going to have a great qualifying position as far as speed-wise. I do expect him to be at the top top spot of the board because not only do I think that means something to him, I think that it's something that he goes after and I think that he's something he's good at. So I think that uh, that qualifying spot is going to put him in a good position to be successful the rest of the, the racing uh, event this, this coming weekend in Anaheim, California. Second spot, uh, I believe, is going to go to Ken Roxon. He'll get the better of his uh, his good buddy uh, in Adam Cien Cerullo. I think the two of them are going to uh, race through the pack and, uh, and and be super successful. And at the very top of the sta- top spot of the podium, I think it's going to be Jason Anderson. I think going a little bit different from the two of you guys. I think that if if uh, Eli Tomac isn't at the top spot of the podium, he's not on it at all. Um, he's going. I think he's always started slow. I think he's uh, he's had leads in the past, but he's thrown them away a little bit. Uh, gets lost in the moment a little bit. We've talked. We've called him a mental midget a couple of times. I'll call him that again. Uh, unfortunately, um, so. And, and if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. Hey, that's what these guys do uh, on a regular basis, especially a guy like Tomac, who's got now got three uh, outdoor championships to his credit. The guy, guy can go fast on two wheels, but I don't think he's a podium guy at the first round of Supercross. Hasn't been yet, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, and uh, I think Jason Anderson's my winner for the weekend for no other reason than the fact that he is one cool customer. That guy, um, when it comes to uh, going out there and riding his best in in adverse conditions, in uh, in pressure cooking conditions where you know you need to perform, the guy is just uh, he's he's Iceman out there. He doesn't seem to buckle whatsoever. He gets things done. He doesn't take things. He, I think he takes things seriously, but I think that he's just, he doesn't have that, uh, same sort of like getting caught in the moment. And, uh, I, you don't see him choking on a lot of things. And that, that was evident in his first ever supercross race where he was able to win that race. Um, and, uh, and, and win Anaheim one. So he's done it in the past. He'll likely do it again. Uh, and I like his chances this weekend when he's, he's rolling into uh, a season with uh, a full bill of health. He'll be, uh, he'll be, He'll be rocking and rolling, and I think uh, him and Team Fried will be champ. Will be uh, be dancing off into the night after a successful Anaheim one. Now, boys, before we get off this phone call, we've been on this thing for about almost an hour. Uh, I think we need to basically carve out a little bit of time for, in my opinion, probably one of the most preeminent. Uh, rookie sensations in the 450 class that we've seen in quite some time uh he's been highly anticipated probably the most anticipated rookie since maybe ken roxon or ryan villapoto back in 2009 it's 2020 
He won his first uh, first full full race outing in Monster Energy Cup. You can talk to me all day long about how the, there wasn't a lot of guys there, but the, there was a pretty important one in Eli Tomac there in the Monster Cup. Adam was able to get a win there. Uh, he's got to have he's going to have speed. He's got to have he's he's going to be on point as far as uh, where he's putting his motorcycle, and uh, we've seen him be successful uh, at Anaheim one, having taken the uh, the win last year, if I'm not mistaken, taking that. Uh, first race of the year, or no? Wait, that was Colt Nichols. My compl- uh, my bad. Uh, but AC has been uh, coming the clutch when winning uh, Supercross races. I think that he's going to have a very successful season. I'm calling it from multiple race wins from Adam this particular year. Um, Tyler, I'll give you the floor first uh, as far as uh, what you expect from the number nine this year. Uh, ah, you sound man, a little I... bit more skeptical than I do. A little bit. I mean multiple race wins i don't know i mean yep. define multiple i i think uh two I, or more say in the in the set huh two or more <laughs> that's Four? multiple i was gonna i was gonna put him up for like maybe two or three okay um, that's multiple it's it's a rookie season yep i don't think that he's not capable i do believe he is capable of winning races however um there's a, an extreme amount of hype coming around from his fans. Yes. Um, I'm a fan as well, but I, I try to stay neutral as far as like not hyping somebody up unrealistically. Um, I want to see him do well. Personally, um, I have met Adam. I have hung out with him for a little bit. He's Ooh. a really nice person. No big deal. Um, that, was a, that was like a humble brag. Did anyone else catch that? <laughs> I will say that uh, I've been able to, you know, luckily meet some of these uh riders right and hang out with them for a little bit it wasn't just me and adam um it was i think i don't know if, i believe dave drakes might have been there but it was one of uh Ace yeah. Catanzaro's classes but um all i'm trying to say is that i, I wish adam the best however i think this first season of, of 450s is going to be a bit tip, you know difficult for him okay um no doubt he is a top five finisher and if he doesn't do top five, he's still within the top ten. I don't see him dropping back to like a thirteenth or fourteenth. He's he has too much talent on a motorcycle, um, and he has been in the past very consistent as far as showing up and racing and putting himself in a position where uh, he could be potentially on the podium. Fair enough. Well, I I think that uh, like he's I think you're you're right in some respects. I think you're giving him uh, you're not giving him quite enough credit as far as the top end speeds considered. But we're all uh, um, uh, entitled to our own opinions. That's why uh, in plumbing every asshole is a potential customer. Um, <laughs> Dave Drakes, you're a fan. This guy, uh, all the way since Super Minis, maybe even prior to that, when Adam actually rode with an FMF uh, exhaust system on his uh, KX65s. Um, but uh, like, I, I know you, you you want the best for the guy in your in your world. Uh, like James uh, James Stewart and Adam seems to really go one two. Uh, throughout the entire series, and uh, whoever wins that last one is the one that wins the championship. Uh, but that's maybe not going to happen. Uh, but what do you expect from Adam in a rookie uh, rookie campaign where, like Tyler said, a ton of hype rolling in? Uh, does he live up to it? Does he exceed expectations? Does he meet expectations? Or does he fall just a little bit short? Um, give me your thoughts on what we can expect from AC in 2020. Uh, yeah, that'd be a perfect world to see JS7 and AC go at it, man. But, you know, we can only dream so much. And then you woke <laughs> but, up. Yeah. Uh, I, 
and then I woke up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I think AC is going to have a, a, a good, successful year. And, and when I say successful, I mean I see a whole string of podiums for this, for this guy. I see a, I see him possibly winning a triple crown. Um, I could see him, you know, having pole position for for a, a lot of this, you know, fastest lap. Um, I I will say it's going to be very very difficult to to call him out as a potential uh, championship winner. Um, only given that we've only seen him on the bike at kind of like an off season race. Um, granted, we've seen people do it, namely last year being uh, Cooper Webb when he just put the whole industry on its head. AC could do the exact same thing. It's just as talented. Um, I think we just need to see just a little bit more to, to kind of write the check. Um, I do see him, like I said, I'm on my podium for A1. I do see him having a multiple top two, top three, um, a handful of wins. I'm going to go ahead and, and call out uh, four wins on the season for this guy. Um, but in order to, to put it together, he's got to be consistent. Um, which we, we've seen a lot of guys that become red plate um, holders in the in the series. They get it through consistency. They might not be winning every weekend, but they're two, three, one, four, three. You know, they're they're staying consistent. AC has a uh, a bit of an issue with that sometimes, especially when nerves are involved. And we see him tucking the front end a lot when he's out front leading and and uh, pushing himself. So that could very well happen. I could see him having a race or two where things just don't line up for him, kind of like we saw in his teammate and his teammate uh, Tomac last year. So. Um, all in all, I think he's going to be successful. I do, I do count on him having a couple wins um, and at least being top three in points when this thing is all said and done. Um, I like his chances. I like the way he looks on the bike, and I'm excited, man. He's got, you know, he's got my my full uh, vote on on kicking ass this season. Plus, he's the only guy on this list that follows me, so I got to give him some love and credit, right? <laughs> wow, that that's all you need, ladies and gentlemen. You need to follow. At D Drakes or at the Collective Experience on uh, XP uh, on uh, on Instagram, and he and and Dave will, will call you for uh, a damn good season in the 450 class. Uh, he, he's just uh, <laughs> he's just he's easy that way. But I I, yeah, I got all kinds it's of love for that, my friend. That's 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 yeah, you're uh, fuck Dave. Um, but, uh, in all seriousness, I, I think that, uh, we have an amazing championship series on, uh, on the docket here. Um, I don't know whether or not we're going to do a, uh, a 250 preview since the, uh, pre-entry list is up. Um, unless there's some shenanigans and like a team registered their entire team just to throw people off. Um, we could maybe talk about that, but we're not going to do that this podcast, um, but boys, I really appreciate you coming on to, uh, to discuss some things. Uh, Dave, before I let you go, I know you've got a lot, ton of ex- exciting things going on with the collective experience. Um, how can people find out more information and maybe give us a little bit of a teaser of what we can expect in 2020? No worries. Yeah, 2020 is going to be a banger year for the collective. We're really excited to get a whole slew of interns into our TCESX internship program. Not only do we have our returning rider, uh, marquee rider AJ Catanzaro for that program, but we also have uh, superstar Tyler Bowers throwing his hat in the ring that needs interns, as well as Bubba Polly and Dave Polly. Uh, Dave Polly, sorry. So you guys have an opportunity to work with multiple riders. A lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of the chances to get in there and have hands-on experience uh, with a pro rider. Tyler on the line is, was one of my interns last year, um, and he's completely been thrown to the industry. Yeah, um, now he's got his own podcast. On that one event. Yeah, plus he, he's more hooked <laughs> up in the industry than I am right now. So, um, I just want to show you how beneficial <laughs> the program sad. is. 
Tyler can literally Tyler can make a phone call right now and probably have my whole thing shut down. That's how t- that's how tied up he probably. is. Probably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're really excited <laughs> to offer that same opportunity to just fans from all over the world, really. Um, and there's multiple opportunities with multiple riders. So definitely head to thecollectivexp.com, sign up, uh, give us uh, an application. We can sit you in with the rider. We've got a few more spots available for uh, the first eight and the last nine rounds. We also have the fan experience program that we've been pushing for years. It's always a crowd favorite, and it gets fans a VIP behind-the-scenes immersive experience being a personal guest of their favorite Supercross racers from uh, AJ Catanzaro to Adam Entignat to uh, Tyler Bowers, you name it. There's a lot of guys that you can sign up for to uh, see how a team works, get treated like a VIP, get some unparalleled access, and hooked up like you wouldn't believe. Um, we got to thank a lot of our sponsors like Big MX Radio, uh, Overshare, Financial Advice, uh, FXR, as well as uh, Flow Vision Goggles, um, and Intake Breathing Systems. Um, got to thank Tyler for always uh, supporting him as well. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have any questions, check us out at The Collective EX on Instagram, thecollectivexp.com, or contact at thecollectivexp.com, or hit a Brad because he, uh, he knows this thing better than I do at this point. <laughs> yeah, I actually do do a better job promoting your shit than you do. Uh, that's maybe something you need to work on in 2020. Uh, but uh, something that, uh, that doesn't need to be worked on in 2020 is just how good of a podcast uh, the New England Riders Corner is, uh, it's emerging, it's developing, and it's, uh, skyrocketing to, uh, uh, maybe like within the top five on, uh, subscriptions on, uh, whether it be on the way you're listening to it on Spotify or if you're finding it on, on iTunes. Uh, Adam, you do a fantastic job, uh, giving people sort of, uh, uh, some insight on, uh, your opinion on the sport as well as some, uh, some local stuff as well as, uh, um, just overall, uh, giving, giving your uh, passionate opinion and informed opinion on the sport as a whole. So uh, maybe if you can give people a little bit of a teaser as to what they can expect in 2020 from yourself and the New England Riders Corner. Sure. Thank you very much. That was very uh, very kind of you. And, and before I do that, I just want to say that um, a quick little plug for, for the collective experience. I know we just talked about it, but yes. as a guy who has been through it, um, all the stuff that Dave is telling you is not bull crap it no, is it's a hundred percent know how to lie it, actually i i do know how to lie and i'm not lying right now fair enough fair enough <laughs> so anyways you know having the opportunity uh being a motocross guy somebody who's loved the sport for as long as i can remember being a four-year-old um you know on a dirt bike and all that stuff being able to go to Dave's program was probably like you know one of the best things i've ever done in my life so, anyways, just leaving from that, if you guys are thinking about it, go ahead and check it out. Um, the Collective Experience is, is honestly the coolest thing, and it has opened up an extreme amount of doors for me to get into the industry, know the right people, talk to the right people, and uh, especially learn the value of um, relationships with people. Definitely. So, yeah, Dave's great at that. Yeah. Dave, Dave cultivates relationships probably better than anybody on this phone call, that can be said for sure. But, uh, yeah, you're not so Absolutely. bad at your own right. Yeah, and, and that's all led me to go ahead and start a podcast in New England Riders Corner in 2020. You could expect um, YouTube content Ooh. as far as uh, some special, maybe super cross preview stuff with local guys from New England. Um, I have a couple of things in the works as far as content with local uh, amateur New England riders, as far as 
what bike they run, what they're running for gear, things like that. Kind of like a little bit of a rider profile. Um, I'm going to continue with the every week podcast episode with influential people, riders, sponsors, people that own shops, things like that. Trying to bring more uh, light to New England here. What we have is something very special. And I don't think it's really rivaled anywhere else. I know California is like, you know, the mecca of motocross, supercross, but it's, I don't believe it's the, the same as the tight knit community here in New England. And Dave Drake can uh, attest to that because he grew up in New England. So there you go. Well, yeah, uh-huh. you, you, you know it damn well there, Dave. Like that's a special group of people down there. Or I, yeah, in, uh, in the New England area, some, some, some very passionate fans of both the sport, uh, whether it be uh, and all, all things in life, people who who have a lot of zest for uh, of what they love, and uh, what they love is motocross. One hundred percent. And I, was, I tell Tyler all the time, it's I, I grew up. I grew up in the New England moto scene. I only moved away a handful of years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize just how unique it was until I moved away. And, you know, you hear people talk about New England riders, you know, like we're gods. And I'm like, holy crap. But, you know, you start to think about it. You see it so much. You see all this talent come through uh, New England. It becomes kind of the norm. So once you kind of take a step back, you realize just how uh, just how close-knit the community is, just how talented everybody is. And it's, it's honestly a region of racing unlike any other. And if anyone has a chance to go check out any of the races, whether it's NESC or NEMX or whatever it is, um, definitely check it out and be sure to listen to Tyler's pod. Absolutely love it. Um, super fun. And he always does a really good job of giving really in-depth, uh, information from that region, which like we said, it's one of the best regions in the country. So, um, definitely kudos to, to Tyler for starting that up. And I can't wait to get back to England and do some moto in the summer. I'll tell you that much. There you go. Get some of that oh, throttle yeah. therapy. That's absolutely uh, paramount. You know, uh, Adam or, uh, wow. Tyler will be back on the motorcycle, twisting the throttle, and uh, and making us look foolish out there. Uh, once he's back up and up and running, uh, the guy's got too much talent to not. Um, but boys, always a pleasure to have you guys on the podcast. Um, we'll get it back in the group chat and text about whether or not we want to uh, uh, get a little bit of a roundtable going on uh, for the uh, 250 class. But for the 450 class, I think we nailed it. I don't think we left anybody out, and if we did. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram uh, how bad we are at this, and we'll try and make it better for the next one. And, I'll, of course, if you want your money back uh, for the podcast, just send me a text. Um, but, uh, yeah, pre- appreciate the time, boys. Um, and, and check out the Collective EX on uh, EX.com, I believe. If I'm not XP.com. XP.com, of course, a collective EX on uh, Instagram. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the New England Riders Corner. And if you're not following the OGT Mac on Instagram already, you're probably not going to, so don't bother. And then follow myself. <laughs> I am Brad Gebhardt 88 on all forms of social media except for Twitter, where I am Brad GMX. Uh, you guys have a great one. Tyler, a pleasure. Uh, same thing with Dave. Uh, you guys have a good one. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure to come on here and talk with you. And uh, I like what you're doing with Big MX Radio. So uh, thank you again for having uh, having me on here tonight. Thank you. Absolutely. And and, and Dave, uh, we'll, we'll chat again soon, my friend. Always a pleasure. We'll see you uh, in two weeks' time in St. Louis. Yes, sir. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in, Tyler. Uh, and to talk to you guys and get some bench racing done and get this season started. Amped. All right, boys. Love you all. Have a good one.